Hi, welcome to our study of God's Word. Today I want to look at John chapter 2, Jesus' first miracle, when he changes water to wine. We'll do an overview of the whole chapter, but that, this is the part that I really want to focus in on. In John chapter 1, what we see here is Jesus has just come back from his 40 days in the wilderness with the devil being tempted. John the Baptist spots him and says, there goes the Lamb of God. John and Andrew follow, and then they get their brothers, James and Peter, and they, they, they tag along too, and then Nathaniel and Philip. So we have six disciples with Jesus, and at the end of the chapter, they're leaving for Galilee. The reason that they need to go up to Galilee, I believe, is because he has to say goodbye to his mom. Now, the, we need to understand that Jesus being the firstborn, the oldest, he's going to have to take care of his mom if anything happens. We don't know what happened to Joseph, but he's not in the picture. So we believe he probably died young. And then Jesus, growing up, had to be there for his mom to support his brothers and his sisters. And they, they, he grew up in Nazareth because he was called a Nazarene. So we know that he's now about to turn 30 years old. So Jesus needs to say goodbye to his mom, and now he's going to begin his ministry. So while they're, they're up there in Nazareth, they're invited to a wedding over in Cana. So they go to the wedding, Jesus, the disciples, and his mom, and at the wedding, they run out of wine. But she knows something, because see, when Jesus went up to say goodbye, he's told her about his baptism. He's told her about the Holy Spirit and the voice of his Father. He's told her that he's going to start his ministry, and he's saying goodbye. So at the wedding, she knows he can do something. So she says they ran out of wine, and Jesus says, woman, what does that to do with us? And this is kind of interesting because the us is that Jesus referring to his mother and himself. Is it Jesus referring to himself and the disciples? Or is it Jesus referring to himself and the Holy Spirit? Because now Jesus has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And they're going to, the Holy Spirit doing the miracles, Jesus doing the teachings, they're going to go on this, this ministry. And so he's saying, what, what does taking care of wine have to do with that? But his mother knows that he can take care of anything. So she says to the servants, whatever he says, you do it, which is a very good uh, teaching to each and every one of us this day. Whatever Jesus says, you really need to do it. So he looks, and there are six stone pots of water, which contain about 120 gallons to 180 gallons for the Jewish purification. People would come to the wedding, they'd wash their hands, wash their face, or wash their feet, whatever, to cleanse the exterior. Now, this is the, this is the water he's going to turn into wine. But you've got to look at this as symbolic. Six represents incomplete. Two is the power number. Three represents the God's number, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Four is the number for the world, north, south, east, west, the four corners. Five is man's number. We have five fingers, five toes. We have five senses. Six is in incomplete because it falls short, one short of seven, perfection. So it's incomplete. The stone represents the Ten Commandments, which were written in stone, which is the law. The water is the word of God. And the purification that the Jews went through was only exterior purification. In Hebrews 10.4 it says, It's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Old Testament was incomplete. It was inferior. It couldn't cleanse of sins. So this is what you need to see and understand. Then Jesus says, Fill it to the brink, all six. 
because he wants all of the Word of God, all of the Old Testament, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training. All scriptures inspired. Jesus is going to take all the Old Testament and turn it into something very important for us to understand. Draw out, Jesus says, and take it to the head waiter, and the water had become the best wine. That's the complaint of the head waiter. Men serve the good wine first and the best last, but you've done the opposite. That's because God's ways are not men's ways. Okay? But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry by as much as he is a mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. Old Testament was incomplete. Old Testament's inferior. But in the book of Hebrews, we see the New Testament is superior. The New Testament is the better covenant. It's the better wine. Okay? Draw it out. Take it to the head waiter. Now, here's the question you need to ask is, when does it turn into wine? The servants who had drawn the water knew. Because they drew the water out, and then they took it, and now it's wine. You see, what you need to understand, and commentators and, and academics, academics will go back and forth on this one. Did Jesus turn the 180 gallons of water into wine? Or it's when the servants served the people at the banquet, it turned into wine. So that at the end of the banquet, it's still water that's in those containers. It's not wine. And it only happens when they take it too. And if that represents the Old Testament, then you need to understand when people go to the Old Testament, it's nothing but water. They don't understand it. It needs to have a servant of God, a Christian, to take them the message so that they can understand it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. The Ethiopian eunuch in, in Acts chapter 8 with Philip, what happens? Well, Philip is commanded to go up and he hears the Ethiopian eunuch reading out of Isaiah chapter 53. And he says, do you understand what, what you're saying? And the Ethiopian eunuch goes, how can I unless somebody leads me? See, it's only water to him. And then in John chapter 4, Jesus starts to talk about this water. Whoever drinks of the water I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. He goes on to say in John chapter 7, He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. When you become a Christian, repent, Peter says in Acts 2.38, repent, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, you shall, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit which helps to open our minds to understand the Old Testament and make the practical application to the new. Without that, it's not bubbling up inside. Without that, it's simply water. You see, this miracle of changing water to wine, well, we believe that Jesus is superior to the, the world's elements. He can do anything he wants, proving him to be the Son of God. But we also need to see that there's a lesson in here that he's going to take the Old Testament and turn it into something absolutely incredible because the whole Old Testament points to Jesus as our Savior, and that's what he wants us to understand. So now that that miracle's done, it's time to go down to Capernaum, and now catch this, with his mother, his brothers, and the disciples. Why is his brothers going? Because they're about to move, because he's come up here to say goodbye, but he wants to put his mom in a very safe location. Jesus is very concerned with his mom and her safety.
You remember at the end of the book of John, when he was on the cross, he said to John, your mother, to his mother, this is your son, because he wanted to make sure he, she was in good hands, so she gave her to John, the apostle. Here in Matthew chapter 4, 12 and 13, when Jesus heard that John had been taken into custody, this is shortly after his baptism and temptation with the devil, he withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and settled in Capernaum which is by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that the scriptures can be fulfilled and continue to read in, through verse 14 and verse 15. But here we see, at the very beginning of Matthew, he's moving. He's moving from Nazareth down to what? To, to Capernaum is what Jesus is doing. And now in, in Capernaum, who else do we find that lives there? Well, from Mark chapter 129, at the synagogue of Capernaum, as soon as they left, the, immediately after they came out of the synagogue, they came to the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. And Simon and Andrew, James and John are fishermen's, fishermen, and they work together. So we can be expected that James and John also as well live in Capernaum. So he's putting his mom in a very safe locale, and he wants to work out of that area. Mark chapter 2, 1, when he had come back to Capernaum, it was heard that he was at home. This is where the paralytic was lowered down through the ceiling after they made a hole in the roof. Whose house? It was Jesus' mom's house that he had her, had her set up in. That's in Capernaum. So, leaving his mom, she settled. Now it's time to start his ministry. Then he goes up to Jerusalem in time for the Passover. Probably walked along the beach saw the guys fishing, said, follow me. They knew it was time. Let's go to the Passover. We're going to start this ministry. And he gets there, and the first thing that he does is cleanse the inside of the temple. Malachi 3.1 says, Behold, I am going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. That is John the Baptist. And the Lord whom you seek, that is an important phrase to remember, whom you seek, will suddenly come to his temple. That's Jesus walking in, clearing the temple at the beginning of his three-year ministry. It's not three and a half years. He's beginning his ministry on a Passover. He's ending his ministry on a Passover. And this is, nobody's ready for him. Nobody knows anything is going on. And now he walks in and clears the temple. So he's catching everybody's attention. And the thing that he says is, stop making my father's house a place of business. The word in Greek is emporium. A house of merchandise. This is the thing that you got to see. In John chapter 2, verse 19, Jesus says, Destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. It took us 46 years to build a temple, so how are you going to do this? In verse 21, he says he was speaking of the temple of his body. Jesus is not getting us to focus on cleaning the temple, which the Romans destroyed in 70 AD, never to be seen again. He's talking about cleaning our hearts. 1 Corinthians 6.19, do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? You become a Christian, you got to start working on the heart. You can't be chasing after the money. You can't be chasing after physical things. you got to be after the spiritual. you got to quit making my father's house a place of business. He's turning the Old Testament into something really good, the wine, so we can get it inside of ourselves. We've got to cleanse the inside of the body. And now to finish it off right here, verse 23 to 25, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name, observing his signs which he was doing. 
But Jesus, on his part, not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men. And because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man, for he himself knew what was in a man. These guys are coming because they believe in the miracles. In John 6, 26, he says to the guy, Truly, truly, you seek to me, not because he saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Because I fed the 5,000, you want free food. You're here for the miracles because you want your physical body to be healed. You need to be coming to get your sins forgiven. You need to be coming to understand your relationship to the son, Jesus, who is the God of the universe. He knows men's hearts. And it's the lost that seek the Messiah. These are the ones that he wants to deal with. This is kind of interesting. In John chapter 1, 36 to 39, he turned, and here comes Andrew and John. And he saw them following him, and he says to them, What do you seek? And they said, Rabbi, where are you staying? And he said, come and you will see. So they came and they saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. Now, we know that Jesus' mom has a house in Capernaum. We're down by the Jordan where John is baptizing people. There's no place that he's staying on a physical basis. So what is this text really saying? And I'm going to change it and just read it this way. Jesus turned and saw them following, and he said to them, what do you seek? And they said, Rabbi, where are you abiding? You see, in the Greek, it's the word abide. It is it's not the word staying. So they came, and he says to them, come and you will perceive. See the word see right there? The first see that you see, doesn't that sound good, is the, the word blepo, which is to visual. But the second see here is perceive, to understand. So they came and they perceived where he was staying, and they abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. You see, where Jesus stays, where Jesus abides is in the word of God. And when they spent that time with him, all they could hear him do was talk about the word of God and give them great understanding. And it's from that understanding that they perceive to see that he is truly the Messiah, which is exactly what they do because as soon as they leave him, Andrew, he goes out and found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. What you need to see here is people need to be looking for the Messiah. They want to get their sins forgiven. And these guys, because they were seeking Jesus, because they were seeking for the Messiah, they found him. But those in Jerusalem, he wasn't going to entrust himself to him. Why? Because he knows men's hearts. So the question you have to ask yourself is, what are you seeking for? In John 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The only way you're going to get your sins forgiven is through Christ. He's the one that we truly need to be seeking. When we find him, we'll have found the answer that we've been looking for all our life. That's John chapter 2. Thank you.